Hey, what's up, guys? You're now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 54, and we're going to cover Numbers chapter 23 and 24. We're going to cover some interesting passages today. Last time we talked, we talked about how Balak understands how mighty Israel is. And so he knows that he can't defeat Israel physically. And so now he launches a spiritual attack. He goes to get Balaam to help him defeat Israel. And initially God tells Balaam not to go, but Balaam entreats God again and asks if he could go. And this is most likely attached to the large sum of money that makes Balaam want to go. And God says, you can go but only speak the word which I give you. He says, if the men come and call to you, rise up and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, you shall do. And so Balaam sins in this, and it makes God angry, which is why he blocks the donkey. And we have the incident with the talking donkey. And we pick up here in chapter 23. It says in verse one, then Balaam said to Balak, build seven altars for me here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me here. Balak did just as Balaam had spoken, and Balak and Balaam offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand beside your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a bare hill. Now God met Balaam, and he said to him, I have set up the seven altars and I have offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. Then the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and you shall speak thus. So he returned to him, and behold, he was standing beside his burnt offering, he and all the leaders of Moab. He took up his discourse and said, And so now we're about to get God speaking through Balaam, and this is going to blow your mind, a false prophet. And so this tells us a few things that false prophets aren't outside of the realm of God, which makes sense because neither is demonic activity. The demons bow to Jesus in the New Testament. In fact, there's going to be a demonic encounter with Saul. He's going to consult a medium, which is like us going to a psychic today. And God is going to hijack that process and bring Samuel through it to talk to Saul and tell him, that he surely is cursed, his dynasty is stripped, and he surely will die. We have another incident we'll see in Kings and Chronicles with Jehoshaphat and Ahab, and God says, who will defeat this king for me? And a demon arises and says, I'll send a deluding spirit to him. This may cause us to pause a little when you see evil activity being involved in the Lord's purpose but when we establish that he turns evil to good and he superintends evil without being the chargeable or responsible cause of it, you start to see the true sovereignty of God. So I want us to get that concept early because when you start seeing, like in Job, for instance, Satan come to God and ask for permission to harm Job, you will already see that God has already been superintending this early in scripture. But God is using Balaam and he's going to give four oracles. So let's remember that Balaam is going to prophesy four times and we're going to look at all four of those today and we'll end after that. What he speaks is amazing. He's going to speak about God's character. 
He's going to speak about the seed. He's going to speak about the Abrahamic covenant. It's mind-blowing the things that Balaam says here. Like, for instance, let's look at the first one. He's going to talk about the Abrahamic covenant. So look at verse 7. It says that he took up his discourse and said, From Aram, Balak has brought me, Moab's king, from the mountains of the east. Come curse Jacob for me, and come denounce Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? As I see him from the top of the rocks, and I look at him from the hills, behold, a people who dwell apart and will not be reckoned among the nations. Look at this, verse 10. Who can count the dust of Jacob? Remember, land, what? Seed, a plentiful seed. Who can count the dust of Jacob? Or number the fourth part of Israel. Let me die the death of the upright and let my end be like his. Balaam is prophesying the Abrahamic covenant. This is amazing. God is using this prophet to do this. And look at how Balak responds as, as quite naturally he would. Then Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, but behold, you have actually blessed them. And he replied, must not I be careful to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? So he sounds honorable and godly. You really can't detect that he's a false prophet. I'm just showing you the cards earlier beforehand because I need to make several points regarding this. Like one is what I made before, but I, I need to show you how he actually accomplishes obeying the voice of the Lord, but still deceptively, demonically giving them advice to cause the Lord to turn against them. Here's our second oracle. Our second oracle is going to come up in verse 19. But in 15, he, he said to Balak, stand here beside your burnt offering while I myself meet the Lord over there. Then the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth. And he said, return to Balak and speak thus. And so here's the word. Listen to this. He starts to speak on the character of God and a famous verse that we use all the time. It comes from the oracles of Balaam. A false prophet is speaking accurate words about the character of God. Look at this. It says, arise, O Balak, and hear. Give ear to me, O son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received the command to bless. When he has blessed, then I cannot revoke. He has not observed misfortune in Jacob nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord his God is with him. A shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt. He's given biblical history here, redemptive history about God. He is for them like the horns of the wild ox. For there is no omen against Jacob, nor is there any divination against Israel. At the proper time, it shall be said to Jacob and to Israel what God has done. Behold, a people rises like a lioness, and as a lion, it lifts itself. It will not lie down until it devours its prey and drinks the blood of the slain. Then Balak says to Balaam, do not curse them at all or bless them at all. Balak is saying, look, I'm tired of you. I ask you to curse them and you bless them. Now, don't even curse them or bless them. Don't do nothing for me anymore. This is a guy who's fed up. But Balaam replies to Balak, did I not tell you whatever the Lord speak, I must do. 
He sounds so godly. And so we move into chapter 24 and you get the third oracle. And I won't read this in its entirety for the sake of time, but look at what comes out in this oracle. Let's drop down to verse four. It says, the oracle of him who hears the words of God, who sees the vision of the almighty falling down, yet having his eyes uncovered. How fair are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel, like valleys that stretch out, like gardens besides the river, beside the river, like a loaves planted by the Lord, the cedars beside the waters, water will flow from his buckets. Listen to this. And his seed will be by many waters and his king shall be higher than Agag and his kingdom shall be exalted. We finally get a mention of a king and a seed. Look at this. Verse eight, God brings him out of Egypt. Notice that singular that's referring not just to Israel, that's referring to the Messiah. And this is even picked up by Hosea and even in Matthew, out of Egypt, I bring my son. And this is prophecy just being fulfilled left and right, but it's flowing from the mouth of Balaam. Let's look at the last oracle. It starts at verse 15. He took up his discourse and said, and by the way, I don't think I define oracles. Oracles just mean utterances or the word of the Lord. And so Balaam is speaking the word of the Lord. And it says here in the oracle of the man whose eye is open, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and he knows the knowledge of the most high, calls him the most high, good theology, who sees the vision of the almighty falling down, yet having his eyes uncovered. Listen to this. This is so powerful. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel, and he shall crush through the forehead of Moab. What have we been talking about the whole time? He will crush his head, but you will bruise his heel. This is the Genesis 3.15 promise, the gospel coming from the mouth of a false prophet. You cannot tell me our God isn't good. A king, the scepter, Genesis 49, Genesis 3.15, the climax of history is coming out of the mouth of Balaam. Verse 19, one from Jacob shall have dominion. Who is that one? Who is the only person that had dominion before? It was Adam. One from Jacob will be just like Adam. In fact, he will be the second Adam and he'll have dominion. And that is the one you need to worry about because when he comes, He's going to bind the strong man. He's going to have all power authority given to him, and he's going to give that to his saints. And so be encouraged today, saints. Prophecies have come left and right out of the mouth of God, out of the mouth of false prophets, out of God's children. You have redemptive history on your side. Do not believe the lies of Satan. Jesus is real. Jesus is Lord. He is king. You will meet him face to face one day. He has all power in his hand. Submit to him if you haven't. Continue to believe and trust in him if you have. You have gotten God right and you're on the right side of history if you have. If I know you, let's continue to praise Jesus together. But if I've never met you, I'll be glad to rejoice when I see you face to face in heaven where we can worship the worthy lamb. You guys take care and have a good day.